What's good? Let's try this again. Uh, today's episode of the Ryan Rosillo <laughs> Show with Chris Long. We never did the Rosillong podcast. That would have made more sense week one or two if I'd come up with that. Uh, part of our Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. And just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Like if your podcast that you taped a few hours ago didn't work. Um, always good to have these road deals here. Just like uh, the heat on the road. A good team, a lot of depth, a lot good of options team. that they can throw at you. But you look at those road splits, Chris, those net ratings, really good. Second best in the NBA at home. Not so much on the road. And, uh, you know, it's just something to think about. That's also unpredictable. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. All right. So this is the deal. We're live in New Orleans from the hotel here right on Canal Street. We tried this about five hours ago and we hit send on it and we get the uh, the bat phone. It's like, hey, that podcast sucked because no one can hear anything. So there may be sirens in the background. Yeah, we're making our way over to the national championship game in a very short amount of time. We're going to recap the weekend. We're going to talk about NFL um, but yeah, we're in a weird mood here because we already did this before. By weird mood here, let's let's put this out there. I mean, your boy here left his podcast dad at about noon thinking we had the hay was in the barn. Like, we're good. Yep. Yep. Your boy then had to go to uh, an ESPN tailgate party um, where I did not run into Danny Cannell. And I had uh, three orange Clemson margaritas. Oh, okay then. Um <laughs> Trying to get the uh, you know the heebie-jeebies off me from last night because we were out late last night as well. Yeah, it was um, it was a late one, but it was sort of an adult late one. I think whenever For you, I went home because I wanted to do this. Now I could have stayed out all night long. You did and it the wouldn't thing even matter. where you know you coaxed me into staying out late, and you were drinking water, and I was <laughs> drinking uh, six to eight Stellas on top of a, a nice base of four nice tequilas. I did pull the. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're good. And then you're like, wait a minute. Did you not eat or did you not drink it all during dinner? Speaking of dinner, um, shout out to Desi Vegas. Big shout out. Uh, unbelievable dinner here in New Orleans. I remember going there when the Super Bowl was here about seven years ago. Uh, it was the first time he's a friend of a, a friend, obviously, Brandon Walk-Ons, who hooked us up with, um, again, the, the restaurants at Desi Vegas. And it's an unbelievable steakhouse here. But every New Orleans place, it has a little bit of that Louisiana flavor in it. They they bring out all sorts of stuff, much like your own personal bowl of calamari. Oh, no, I had a couple bowls of calamari. Two separate app bowls of calamari. And the converse, I loved it. The conversation is, you know, table etiquette. Yeah. If I order a fucking appetizer, it's my appetizer. I don't want people reaching in with their fork right. and their germs to stab my calamari, like especially Desi Vegas calamari. This yeah. is like elite calamari. So I ordered two to ensure that, you know, I got my fill. I don't know where you are on that. I'm not a big family style guy. Uh, whenever there's an appetizer I really want, it probably means that I'll want to eat it all by myself. True. Um, you know, we're we're not in the same weight class, but we're, we're not small guys. I'm shrinking. You are shrinking. What's your actual weight? I was 230 last week. We ain't that far off. At one point. I'm not 230 today, though. Whenever I'm away for a few days, the, the weight drops off. You pretty dramatic. Yeah, I, I can. I mean, I'm not trying to. I wish I could. I have keep, the opposite problem. You have a hard time losing keep, weight? No, I have. No. Okay, we have the same problem. I have a really hard time yeah. keeping weight on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have the same like I issue. could drop 10 pounds in two days if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I do feel like, you know, 12 to 16 hours in New Orleans and I feel like a bloated 
Yeah. Just piece of shit. Yep. The police are back here and they're not looking for the Houston Texans. I um, do want to take this this opportunity to shout out the uh, New Orleans first responders. Uh, they're, they're all over the, the place. They're working hard. They're responding and they're responding first. Nobody. Hey, <laughs> they listen, are. listen to them out there. Yep. Right down, a, right a lot, down the street. A lot to respond to out there. Yeah, it's mayhem, and we're gonna we're gonna get out there and, and head over to this game. Okay, of all the things that <laughs> happened this weekend, uh, and I want to get to last night a little bit, but the games themselves, the reason why we do this, I think Kansas City being down twenty four nothing and coming back and outscoring Houston fifty one to seven, and having their offense back, whether it's the offensive linemen, the receivers, you know, collectively their entire offense hasn't been together really much the second half of the season, and they do what they did. I think it's a reminder of what Mahomes is, that that team, you know, if it weren't for an offsides, is in the Super Bowl last year. You know, maybe we're talking about Mahomes trying to go back-to-back here because I think they would have beaten the Rams if they had played in the Super Bowl. Of all the things that happened, if all the things that happened, I just look at that as like the kind of wake-up, reminder, we-should-scare-you type of stuff going on. And by the way, that that caravan that just went past us, that was LSU's football team. That was Ed O. Yep. Ed O was was in there. That was the team. Go Tiger. I saw him at Raisin Cane's. I had to go to the mall this weekend. Of great. all the places to eat. Yeah, I love Raisin Cane's. No, but I mean, like, you know, you're in New Orleans and Ed O and you are going to Raisin Cane's. Well, not together, but I, I know he's. Uh, Have you been to the team hotel yet? Check on things. Just sit at the bar awkwardly and check on your boys. Uh, sit, eat peanuts and look over your shoulder like you're an agent or something. Like you're getting I ready to go. fleece a college athlete. No, we went We went to, um, we're not going to name names here. We had a good crew, a deep crew last night. Um, we can say some of the guys that were in the crew, but we're not going to say who ghosted us because there was a guy that ghosted the Irish goodbye and there was some concern because he's not really a guy that would do that. I'll let you guys figure it out. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name, I'm going to name the names. Fuck okay. it. All right. We had Dan Katz yep. of Barstool Sports. Yep. He's uh, up and coming. Up and coming blogger. Yeah. Uh, evidently, a lot of people know who he is. A lot of people do. That's one of his favorite things his ever is that when he is, gets a picture taken, he's like, hey, this is Ryan Rosillo, just in case you didn't know. I, he really likes oh, he that likes joke. To do that. Yeah. Just twist yeah. the knife. Uh, well, well, I don't think you do. You want his demo? Um, My demo is a little different, but yeah, that's uh, your demo is the grown up version of his demo. Yeah, but there's there's some young guys that like me, too. So there's young we're guys not that like me, too. We play right. pickup. Right. Um, <laughs> also, Jay Cutler was in the mix. He had an aggressive deep V. Uh, you know but- Jay Cutler, right? I know Jay because he was like a big brother. Did Kyle he- live with him? Kyle like pseudo lived with him. I mean, even if Kyle rest his head somewhere else, he was at the Cutler residence. You know, Kristen, Christy. Is it Christy or Kristen? Cavallari? Yeah. Uh, it's Kristen. Kristen. You know, that was like his second, you know, his second mom. You know, like Jay was his big brother. They really, they took him in. They took care of him. Uh, they, you know, they basically had a six foot seven, 330 pound son. And so I know Jay from FaceTime with Kyle and from playing against him. You know, we played against each other a few times last night. We hung out. Jay's the man, like people give Jay a lot of shit cause they don't like his personality. Jay's living his life and does not care what you think. Yeah, with so I never deep, with his deep V. I never unbuttoned down no, to the, the was, sternum. That was the deepest V ever, but he had kind of a cashmere beige pea, uh, pea coat. It wasn't really a pea coat, but it was kind of because it was a shorter one. Coat. But I it was, was like a car it, coat. It was wide open. I mean, we're talking. It was closer to the belly button than it was to the nipples. I and thought it was a bit when I walked up, and I was no, like, it was the look. I was it, like Jay, and I got to be honest, taco meats out. It kind of worked. Oh yeah, and uh, and got great great lettuce up top. 
you know, uh, Jay, for a lot of people that give Jay shit, I'm just telling you, he is unfazed and his life is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's what the guys, I remember at ESPN 1000 when I was like, what's this guy's story? And they go, you know, he's just incredibly like unapologetic. Like, this is me. This is the way I'm going to carry myself. And if you don't like it, it's really. Now, I could see how last night, I didn't know the mix that well. And then when you came out of the bathroom, you guys like tackled each other. Yeah, I was like, okay, that this was a is huge on. surprise for me seeing Jay. I was like, nobody Whoa. said, hey, you're gonna see Jay. Yeah, last time I I hugged Jay, I sacked the shit out of him. <laughs> you know, like now here we are in New Orleans and the war is over. Uh, you know, we're we're it's great to run into guys that you used to play against, especially a guy like Jay who took good care of my brother and uh, and it's just fun to be around it and observe. Yeah, because he he was he was great. He was great, and we were at the uh, blackjack table. And it was a bad setup for everybody Steve because was out too. because everybody was was trying to figure out like you know what was going on, and then the girls because of the the Cavalieri show, um, you know you could see some off to the side freaking out, and then you know there's another ex NFL quarterback that was in the mix whose passion is turquoise, um, but oh, we're not going to name turquoise. we're not going to name names. And Yo, guys cooler than yeah, great guy, not, cooler than cool, not a criticism. Um, but he, you know, if you if you like the American Southwest, you like turquoise. Everybody knows that. Has it on lock. So, um, a girl came running up and barged through all of us, and then put her arms around like Big Cat, sort of like yeah. was trying to do like a a, a picture where she was going to be next to him without yeah. him knowing. Yeah. But she didn't know that Big Cat wasn't Jay Cutler, and so she pushed right past Jay Cutler, and her friend is screaming, "Not him! Not him!" <laughs> it's so easy to get yeah. it mixed up. It happens it? a lot, I guess. Yeah, That's I mean, what they I'm look hearing. very similar. Um, we were talking about the Chiefs, but before we get back to the G- <laughs> the Chiefs, let's get back there. I have not point. eaten food. Oh no! Since dinner last night. Okay. Well, it we'll have is to do what time like right now for the the listeners? Uh, it is five twenty local. So that's six twenty Eastern. Eastern. I had yeah. three piece. I had three chicken and waffles at the tailgate, but that doesn't really count. No, we'll uh, we'll do something about that. Maybe walk ons on the way over to the stadium. Okay, Chiefs wake up call. Um, Houston twenty four nothing. Yeah, O'Brien criticized for the fourth and one field goal attempt and not going for it. Made it twenty four nothing, and then the fake punt on his own end i mean this thing was was 24 nothing 11 or so you know 10 plus minutes to go in the second quarter and then like i said that 51 7 run and it was 21 points like that uh i don't i don't look at anything that houston could have done i just think kansas city's this special i really do i think if houston's up 28 nothing and they don't go for the field goal and they convert on the fourth down and they get a touchdown i still think they might lose this game because they were up 28 nothing so quickly and once mahomes decides i'm spreading it out and i'm going to beat you all over the place and all the drops they had early they had like a bunch of drops early on some third downs i believe kelsey had a big drop another receiver had a big drop and then kelsey has a huge game williams has a huge game and I look at Kansas City going, all right, you know, I know the Tennessee time, you know, last time they matched up and we'll get to that game, obviously, on the other side of the AFC. But uh, I'm I'm just that impressed with Kansas City. And I think everybody should be because what they did is insane and historic. Titans, uh, you know, are my favorite team right now. You're Tennessee the, guy. Yeah, listen, Tennessee. Uh, but if the Chris. Chiefs beat the Titans, I like them to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's as tough a matchup for them. They lost the last two games they played against them. Um they they find a way by them and play either Green Bay or or San Francisco. I like the matchup for them. So big hurdle for them, you know, 24 nothing, 28 nothing, you can go back and forth about would they score 
you know, would, would they outscore them had they converted on fourth and inches and, and punched in for a touchdown? I actually think they don't get, they don't go for it and they miss an opportunity to bury the Chiefs. I know that they, they scored like 41 unanswered, but uh, you, you can't think that way. When you're on the sideline, even if you're at home, down four scores, it's way different. People bury their heads a little bit and they say like, fuck, this is going to be a lot harder to come back from. So although they would have come back anyways mathematically, I think the game changes had they converted. And that's where Bill being conservative there and then backed up fake punt. It just doesn't like make sense to people. I mean, that, I think that's the biggest thing with Bill. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. He seemed like he's overcompensating. Yeah. The, the public has shifted now where the numbers tell you that everybody wants everyone to be aggressive all the time. They want yeah. you to go for it on fourth down. And you know, that came up in the green Bay Seattle game, which we'll get to obviously as well that I've actually seen more criticism of not going for it on the fourth and one on the field goal attempt. And then his justification of it is that we didn't really have a play that we liked and they had called the timeout. Yeah. I just think that, you know, look, I'm not going to sit here and, and die on the Bill O'Brien Hill, but the football world, the social media football world does not like Bill O'Brien. And he's in the was, meme portal. Yeah, and he's he's absolutely in the meme portal because he's calling plays and because he's the he's their their personnel guy on top of everything else with the with the odd turnover that they had in the front office. And and I'm not telling you like he's this amazing coach. I'm just saying that I don't want to hear like I was watching some of the TV stuff and it's like Houston choked, Houston did this. Okay, fine, fine. But you can't like it starts with what Kansas City did to be the first team down 20 ever in a playoff game and come back and win by 20. Like what happened? Like that should be a big deal. You should be going up to strangers today saying, did you see the Chiefs? What do you think? Because that's how special I thought that win was. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think we do this too often. We talk about the team that uh, there's negative swirling around after a game like that. And, and I, I do it all the time. And yeah, sometimes we, I think it's justified, we but do. not on this and one. It's like on the Ravens game. We'll get to that. But, you know, the story should be the Titans. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson's human. Okay. Deshaun Watson can't overcome his defense being absolute dog shit. I mean... And Kansas City on their side, it is terrifying. They do so many things, and Jeff Schwartz pointed this out, window dressing just to get to four verts or, you know, just everybody running straight down the field. They they stress you at the second level so much. And uh and Houston just didn't have an answer. Uh and and that's why I don't I don't trust Houston because they are so mercurial. Nice. Good use of that word. Uh all right. So let's do also, Kansas City, 25 minutes of time possession, and they, they score three touchdowns, three minutes. Uh, to score that much and that efficiently, it was like, I've never seen anything like it. Let's talk Tennessee-Baltimore. Yeah, sure. Um, after the game, Logan Ryan, defensive back for Tennessee, said, quote, everyone's like, well, how are you going to spy Jackson, meaning Lamar? Well, you can outrun almost every spy. This is from Albert Brewer's piece, the Monday morning quarterback. So our whole thing was we wanted to give him loaded boxes, pack the paint, play the receivers inside out, make them throw comebacks, um, have eight, nine in the box, play quarters coverage, man coverage, play cat coverage, where we say you have this cat, I have this cat. So basically, as you read on more and more, is trying to get throws outside of the numbers. They felt like it was something that Buffalo did. And then, of course, Buffalo's like, that's not exactly what we did. So, you know, these blueprint games, I don't think it's some – unbelievable scheme to go you know what we need to do really find out against a good team if Lamar in a playoff game can throw it this many times because the raw numbers are pretty incredible like they had 530 yards of offense the Ravens did but think of this stat six times in Tennessee territory without scoring okay six possessions where they didn't score which I believe is tied I gotta double check that um this is a Ravens team that was the second best red zone offense in football 
Um, but there's only one other playoff game over the last 20 years where an offense made it to the opposing side of the field and failed to score uh, more than six times. Dude, it was the the perfect storm. And that's why like, I'm not surprised Tennessee won because everything went right for them and everything went wrong for the Ravens. You know, Ingram being hurt really hurts them. You look at him on the sideline, he's got the heat pack on his ankle. The no Ingram thing has to be like, I should have said it earlier. That's, so that's a good call. By but you that's the biggest thing is, right. you know, a lot like a, a lot of other offenses, most quarterbacks in the league, although we love Lamar, there has to be a certain, some semblance of, of uh, context around him that allows him to do what he does effectively. That's not a knock on him. There's very most few quarterbacks, help, right? Yeah. Like, 30 out of 32, yeah. even at this point. Um, and so I think losing that, the biggest free agent signing offensively in the league, potentially, because had he been healthy, I don't know how that game looks. It might look different. But the problem with the Ravens is is they're riding this 12-game winning streak, and they get the week off, and they don't have a core that's used to making the most of the bye. They have coaches that know. But if you don't have players, like when I was up in New England, we got the bye. We knew what to do with it. Like you just could tell guys knew what to do with it. And I'm not saying that that they didn't know, but sometimes it's better for a team that's really hot like that. Just sprint right into the playoffs. Maybe, you know, wild card round. They might have rather had that extra game. I'll be honest. Like those are some of the things I don't like about the NFL. Like I don't like that a team that can be nine and seven and, and make the Super Bowl. I don't like like the Ravens thing. It's oh, the like story that. you love, do. Yeah, we no. Love. I think most people do. I think most people look at me and, and say you're wrong. But like what you wouldn't have is you wouldn't have a 65 win NBA team be like, all right, you're out like a day later. And that's the part okay, is where it an okay boomer. Yeah, no, I don't even know if I am an okay boomer on that one. <laughs> I just I just go like, what's the point of playing the 16 games if if you're if you're the one seed and you win all these games, you have this incredible offense. And if I'm a Ravens fan, you're just, I mean, the emptiness that you feel right now going, are you serious? This is already over. And I'm not telling you, you know, reformat the whole thing and do best. Of I'm not even telling you. I'm yeah. just saying that the, the product is far different because I guess people do like the wide openness and a chance that no matter what happens, get it's into the parody, man. Yeah. P-A-R-I-T-Y, not P-A-R-O-D-Y common misconception that it's spelled that way i'm really good at spelling uh parody is what makes the nfl great in my opinion i mean you look at whether you're looking at the college football playoff they can't whatever they do the first round and the championship game has not been consistently competitive and wild card weekend w was one of the most competitive of all time i mean i think for the first time consecutively for two years you had two six seeds advance you know uh you had multiple games like four out of the last seven games or something like that i could be fucking it up because you know i've been out all day now Chances and this are. is this yeah. is time number two doing this podcast some would argue some would say but four out of the last seven games there have been a few overtimes the last few playoff games um so so just on the ravens thing alone though because i i think lamar oh, people are salivating for this no but i, I like the Lamar thing is difficult and it's and it's like a, a very specific reason. All right. Lamar is someone that because it was doubt whether it was in the draft and again yeah. his own team that passed on him three times. Um Yeah, but they figured it out. They knew. Yeah, they knew at that point. Now we'll take him after we pass on him. Uh that it became, you know, a really it became a racial debate when maybe it shouldn't have been about race. Like my thing is always as a white guy, I'd be like, you think I'm criticizing this guy for this? Like, do you want a list of all the white quarterbacks that suck? Right. That I've, there I've are ripped? so many, like, it's just all of a sudden it's like, I say one thing about Cam Newton and it's like, Oh, you know, here we go again. And you go, all right, so what do we, what do we want to do about the other ones? You do like trying to tell me that 
Jay Cutler of all people didn't face a ton of criticism and nobody liked, you know what I mean? Tony Romo, the whole thing. Like there's I, just, so I mean not I do to go think too far Lamar, down that though, road. I do think with Lamar and here we go talking race four or five margaritas deep. I said three. I mean, maybe I was lying. Sure. Um this sounds like a good idea then. Yeah. Um I think there are a lot of people who have been waiting to pounce on this for the wrong reasons. Um could but we it agree could on be, that. It could only be though, like because anybody that went, like, look, I was somebody that watched him and said, I think he's inaccurate on some easy throws. And then this year he puts up these numbers. He is the MVP. I'd vote for him for MVP. It's one of the best stories we've had in football in You're a long time. You're not being reasonable though. You're not being. There's what? people in my mentions about Lamar Jackson that say like he'll never be good. He's he's trash. Like that's the hyperbole. Listen, I'm not sitting here claiming he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm just claiming that you're going to have to deal with him for the next five to seven years. No Guaranteed. doubt. No doubt. But I just, I, they're going to be on that stage again. Yeah. And there's a whole list. I, I don't know if you actually find this. We did it on the earlier podcast. Let me pull out my notes again. These are the guys. These are quarterbacks that we all respect, right? Um, on this list. And they had to wait X amount of years to win their first playoff game. And I think that the age of Twitter and 24 hour news cycle dictates that we're going to just parse this thing at every turn and Drew Brees six years till he won his first playoff game Peyton Manning six years 0-3 prior can you imagine what Twitter would have done to Peyton Manning as fucked up as that sounds Jim Kelly six years uh Aaron Rodgers six years third as a starter Elway fourth year was 0-2 McNair fifth year Randall Cunningham eighth year 0-3 Fouts eighth year 0-1 now I know you, that sounds like cherry picking but I'm just saying you can reasonably make up an argument that says Lamar has a lot to work on. He does, like a lot of quarterbacks, like 30 out of 32 quarterbacks. But him not win winning his first two playoff games is not disqualifying at all for him being great. He, he no, could, no, you know, cause, that's cause my problem. It, my Don't thing, lead with right. that argument. Give me no, something compelling. The uncertainty, like they ran the football well last year, they played good defense. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but is this real? And the Chargers game was terrible. And then going into this year, I still wasn't sure major improvement across the board still thought there were some throws in there where i'm like all right if you're going to be look he's going to win mvp and he deserves to win mvp yeah. but if you're going into like this guy can be a top five quarterback for 10 years and it looks the way it did in the playoff weekend and you're like okay what what is real here and that's that's how i feel about all young unproven quarterbacks where i can't even call him unproven when you go ahead and win an mvp but there's just something where it just takes me longer to go absolute buy-in again though. and i don't know if it's just the pick look the, the fumble the two picks, you could just chalk it up to the, losing the turnover battle. I mean, Tannehill threw for 80 yards again. Yes, dude. And I mean, lose, Tannehill won. You're losing to a quarterback who hasn't thrown for over 100 in back-to-back -back playoff games. Who played better, Tannehill or Lamar? Uh, you know, Lamar's first pick was tipped. Uh, Lamar missed a lot of throws. He was off, undeniably. but He was off. And I'm a big Tannehill Titans fan, fanboy. Listen, you're, you're Mr. Titans, right? Yeah, now. Mr. Titans. But but Tannehill, it's been ugly at times in the playoffs. I mean, you know, under 100 yards both games and has made the throws he had to make when he had to make them. And the game has always been in phase because Derrick Henry is running right down people's throats. And another another thing about that game is, you know, this this thing with the, his his usage, 35 carries the uh, the wild card round four running backs previously had north of 30 carries in the wild card round in history. None had gone for 100 or 25 carries the next week. And I don't know how many carries he got, but he definitely had 100 yards. I don't think they're worried about spelling him. I think that it's like burn the ships for them. Every week, 
We're going to run them into the ground. We'll figure it out next week. Yeah, I mean, Lamar also ran it for 143 in this game. I mean, when you look at just the raw numbers for Lamar and you're like, wait a minute, he threw 365, 31 of 59, um, 365, 143. I mean, we're 500 yards. I, yeah, I know. But it is a weird box score game versus watching it because in the moment I'm like, man, this doesn't look very good. And yeah, it's it's part of the turnovers. But Derrick Henry, he went thirty for one eighty, or excuse me, one ninety five. Yeah, and it's so he worth- broke the mold there because you're not supposed to be able to do that the week after you have that kind of load. And on the other side of things, in the run game, obviously they they don't have Mark, but a lot of their quarterback option stuff, I question the reads. I don't think their reads were that crisp. I don't know what Tennessee was doing to confuse them, but it looked like a lot of their their quarterback option stuff was just quarterback run stuff and, you know, getting cleaner on those reads. I don't know what Tennessee was doing to, to muddy it up. It did not look like the rest of the year. It did not look like they were running a really crisp operation, their option offense. So, you know, tight end stuff didn't, didn't seem to come as easy as it usually does. And that's a big safety valve for him. And Logan, Logan Ryan, as you mentioned, talked about throwing outside the hashes Mm -hmm. and that's what they made him do. And that's a real thing. For any any quarterback. Right. We don't know if it's a blueprint thing from now on. Hey, this is how it's going to be played. And we're going to look back at this Lamar year and be like, hey, is it it fluky? Um, I wouldn't think that because the improvement from the first year to the second year. But, you know, Tennessee is a different team right now. Since Tannehill came in, I think week 11, was it? 30 uh, plus points a game. Yeah. And the red zone stuff. So, oh, excuse me. Week seven, he comes in. And since that point, the Titans are 87% on red zone touchdown possessions. That's a massive number. It's insane. And when you look at that compared to everybody else, so like, even though the Ravens were the second best red zone offense overall, that's the whole regular season, the Titans' run was off the charts. And, you know, the second best team was Tampa at 72% over that same period. So that's a massive gap there. And the Henry story is worth kind of correcting. Because I, I feel like the people are talking about Henry as if he's always been this guy, and he really no. wasn't. His first two years in the hundreds and carries, you know, not massive yardage numbers. He went over a thousand last year, but he's been a completely different guy, I think, and can carry an offense that's not not gotten anything from Tannehill. Tannehill's numbers are nuts here. To throw for less than two hundred yards, win two playoff games, hasn't been done since Terry Bradshaw. But um, if it's not for Ryan, they're not in the playoffs. So at the same time, yeah, no, it's doubt. undeniable the infusion of energy and like confidence he's given that team but Henry is the perfect back for them I mean the physical tone that he sets with Vrabel's attitude with the attitude of the leadership of that team they were always kind of like a a rudderless ship with like this physical identity they didn't know how to maximize it and now, now with Tannehill and Vrabel they have multiplied that factor of we don't give a shit we're physical we're like, uh, you know, we're like gamblers out there. Like we, we like to take chances and they have that personality. And having Derrick Henry as that safety valve has unlocked this def- different level um, of, of offense for them. But Tannehill is is the guy that's given them the confidence to think when there needs to be a third and eight at the end of the, the New England game or a throw the other night, he's going to make it. You didn't know that with Marcus. No, nah, the, the Mariota stuff, I you know. It would be like a decent thing here, and then people were still grasping at it. But you should just watch it long enough, and you know you had to go ahead and make that decision. And here's the thing: like when the NFL, when a team goes, "Hey, we don't want to give you an extension," and you're a first round pick, and you're picked that high, and same thing happened to Jameis. Like if those guys inside the building are like, "We're good," 
then that's really all you kind of have to know with with some of these guys. Yeah, because so, coaches will, uh, you know, put themselves in a pretzel over trying to improve uh, a quarterback or any player, really. Like, coaches have egos. So if a coach gives up on you at the quarterback position, um, look at Jameis Winston. I guarantee you, if they don't franchise him, he'll get paid somewhere, if not there. And, you know, all the mistakes he's made, you think you you know a guy, guess what you do but coaches they always feel like they can change who the person is and that's the whole thing but um, if an arian system winston's throwing 30 picks i mean how many other coaches are going to go I'll, I'll i'll clean this up i'm just telling you ego with these coaches they can fix anything they think all right let's get to the nfc before we do that though conference championship week is here four teams two games so little time left in the season don't miss out Get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so much going on this week, DraftKings has great promotions running every day from odds boosts to free bets. They have it all. This week only, bet on any star player to score the first TD of the game with 10-to-1 odds. It doesn't get better than that. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe and secure in its betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date. Right now, you don't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code RUSSILLO, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, when you sign up. And that's for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, that's code RUSSILLO, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Indiana only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Okay, let's talk the NFC games because I don't think there's as much to do on Vikings Niners. We will get to it, but it's the Green Bay game. And after Seattle beat Philadelphia, I, the biggest impression that I had from that game was I don't think Seattle's that good, uh, despite my love for Russell Wilson, the quarterback. And, you know, the Marshawn thing is totally overblown. Um, it's a nice story. It's fun. He has good quotes. He really didn't do much um, running the football. Short yardage. Take care yes. of your chickens, though, man. Take care of your chickens. I will not. There's no. Hey, listen, not that it's slander, but. This isn't slander. Who, who, just, no, no, I'm saying it's not. Like, let's not mistake that for. I mean, more than anything, I think he'd tell you this. I mean, what are you expecting to do coming off the couch? I mean, he's I retired twice anything, now. But I think everybody acted like, okay, now they have Marshawn. You're like, well. No, it, it gave him uh, probably a lift from a morale standpoint. And in short yardage, he doesn't exactly have to go through a full off offseason to still be, like, very physically sure. imposing. Um, now, the Homer kid, I think they might have something there, like, from a depth perspective or even – you know, developmental perspective, but to overcome Carson and Penny, especially because he was coming on, this would have been, if they'd have won that game, the Seahawks most improbable run ever. I mean, like their team this year was not that good. It was all Russell. No. And, and then you're sitting there going, okay, they're down, they're down big. They're not in this game. And then you're like, are you kidding? And they go for the two point conversion, which would have made it 28, 25. They don't get that, but you're like, they're right back in. This, this is a one possession game. And then in the two-minute-plus mark, they've got a decision. They've got their timeouts. They punt it. And that's the one where everybody today is like, why give the ball back to Green Bay? Are they saying that? Oh, yeah. I, okay, look, good. I'm convinced I feel now better that everybody, about that. I, everybody wants everybody to go on fourth down now. I'm did, convinced of that. I did not read the room. Yeah, I mean, you can never be right punting the ball at these days. You know? No, people really hate punting. 
But I would I would argue that that's one where if you're a Green Bay fan, you're psyched they're punting. And then still, Rodgers has to make two throws. A third and eight throw to Vontae is unbelievable. And then you've got the spot on the first down, which the more he dug into it, it looked like the yellow line was wrong. Yeah. But he actually, it was a first down where on TV, it was like, wait a minute, he's short. And then they didn't overturn it. And then you see everything the next day. I'm still not a huge screen grab justice guy. Yeah, but you know what? Like on, on both those things, first off, I absolutely would have gone for it. I mean, I know you're at like the 40 or 36 or whatever. First off, I wouldn't have took a sack on third down. That's that such, was, yeah, Russell Wilson of all people to take that. That was, eh, you know, low key. You no, know, he gets a lot of sacks, he, but he's usually the guy that knows. He as knows much when anybody. he knows how to play chicken. Right. And he did not play chicken there. I mean, that, sorry, I keep leaning back in my seat for those of you listening. It's, uh, yeah, that thing's, that thing cut me open today, that chair. Did it? Yeah. Blood? Bad. Immediately my hand, I was like, that's, that doesn't feel right. Just gushing blood. So if you ever stay at the hotel, watch out for blood on the floor. That was Brian Rosillo's blood. Um, So with Russ, I I would have trusted the guy that is the only person playing well on the whole field. I mean, either side of the ball. (laughs) That's a good rule. Lock it too. Lock it. Yeah, lock it's incredible. I would have gone to lock it. Um, or you know, obviously, wait a minute, Metcalf can't leave him out. No. So Russ and the receivers. Am I picking between Russ and the receivers or playing defense, which you haven't done effectively the entire game? Secondaries look lost. They don't want to tackle soft spots in zone. Um, It just was one of those games where I did not trust the defense. I was sitting there going, first off, you don't take that sack. It's maybe fourth and manageable or you you have first down. Um, But even if it was like fourth and three or fourth and eight, which it was, or fourth and 10, whatever it was. It's fourth and 11. I would rather deal with that then try to play defense and then the spot i think it was all about the uh the tv line which people even after the fact just ran with that it, the marker is a half yard short yeah there was a there's a pylon cam that's actually on the first down marker so those pylon cams you see in the corner of the end zone in the front you know there's obviously ones in the back too but uh they have them you'll notice it on the marker on the you know line to gain type thing and when I saw that part of it, it was like, you know what? I think he has it. Cause originally it was like, Oh, was he tackled? But his body wasn't on the ground and everybody's trying to figure it out. And obviously everybody's just arguing their side of it. But one of the things I think is the most interesting about the Packers is that it feels more balanced. Um, your, your boys, the Smith brothers continue to, to wreak havoc. And yet after the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is, but he seems like the most upset of any of the stars in the NFL. Like he's very pissed off and he kept bringing it up. And I guess like, do you, can you think of any times you were on a team and you felt like, okay, everybody's dumping on us or did you read the room wrong and take it more personally because it was you and your team? Cause that's what it feels like a little bit. Like unless everybody's just picking the Packers to beat everybody. Um, and they haven't been as good as the Niners. I don't think they're as good as the Niners. No, the I, Niners I smashed them by the way too. When they played, crushed but, them. But, um, Aaron's playing better. I mean, just off of yesterday, for stretches there, they looked like very good. Sorry, chair again. Yeah. I'll start that over. So Aaron's playing better. Um, You know, yesterday for a few stretches, he looked very good. He looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers. Um, Now, Aaron Jones was the key to that whole game. I mean, to me, he's the key to them 
winning two more. You're not going to be able to just lean on Aaron to be Aaron and do Aaron things. You know how much I love Aaron Rodgers. I don't trust the Packers. I just don't because so many things have to go right outside of Aaron for them to win. And last night they played, it was kind of the perfect storm. They played that team that kind of limped in. And, you know, although I thought Seattle would win, uh, really dug themselves a hole early. So the big matchup when they play the Niners is going to be the protection for for Green Bay. And they have two very good tackles. If Balag is healthy, and I don't know what's going on with him, right. didn't he have to leave yesterday? Yeah, he left at one point. So, you know, you've got Bakhtiari, who is really an elite tackle in our game. And then those matchups on the edge, for me, are going to be huge. Because if Aaron's back there baking a cake, he finds a soft spot. And he did that all yesterday. Because Clowney didn't get it done for them. The, the entire group, the rush has been a concern all year for Seattle. They were like towards the bottom in pass rush and pass protection. That's their way. If they if they want to beat the Niners, they have to protect really well. Um, and honestly, I feel like they have a much better chance than they did the first time. I still don't trust them. Um, I think, unfortunately, it's going to be San Francisco, and it's not going to be that that exciting a game. You say, unfortunately, like what I don't. Well, I'd, I'd like to see a. Uh, they beat them 37-8 last time. I'd like to see a competitive game. All right, let's talk San Francisco then because they dominated that game against Minnesota. 7-7 in the first quarter. You're thinking, okay, how does this game feel? And what it felt like was that despite Garoppolo going 11-19, uh, it was two things. They absolutely shut down Dalvin Cook, which means you shut down Kirk Cousins. The Vikings failed to pick up a first down on seven of their first nine possessions. They had a total of four first downs the first 40. So that's Four first downs the first 55 minutes of the game. I think this stat's even worse or more impressive for San Francisco, depending on how you're looking at it. There was a stretch of seven possessions in a row where the Niners allowed a total of eight yards and one first down. Um, they ran the football 30 of 36, I believe the last 36. So like they were at some point, it was like, okay, 30 of the next 36 plays or run plays for San Francisco. And, um, you know, this is kind of the Minnesota that, you know, I didn't expect to go down and win in New Orleans. And that's a great win to get that thing down here where we're at now. But uh, I'm also not surprised I saw a version of Vikings that looked like this against a better San Francisco team. Yeah, you, you can't get Cook going. You're you're screwed if you're Minnesota. I mean, like everything for them has been predicated from, you know, the line of scrimmage forward. Um, if they can't get that going, play action can't get going, yards per attempt go way down. You saw some stats they put up during the game. You know, Kirk's yards per attempt were like under, under easily under five yards. Um, and Dalvin not being able to get going shocked me. That was the one thing. San Francisco for me, um, I thought their D line's been really good, but they had to answer the bell. And I was wrong. I thought that Minnesota's D ends, their edge guys, would put more of a stamp on the game from a pass rush uh, standpoint. But they never had to. They never had the opportunity to get it going because San Francisco controlled that game from the beginning. And, you know, San Fran, everything they did, like the window dressing on the runs, uh, you know, screens, et cetera, that was all predicated on slowing down Griffin and Hunter and those guys. And they did it. They never had to, you could tell they were worried about it. They never had to confront that. And Bosa and D Ford, D Ford was a huge deal. I think a lot of people got on his case because of the offsides thing in Kansas City, but him going to San Francisco, he, he was kind of like, the, not the straw that serves the drink. That's probably Bosa. But his element that he adds from a standpoint of getting speed on the edge, they didn't have that recently. Bosa's a power player. You know, I love Buckner inside. Armstead, who people were calling a bust, has been terrific. 
Uh, they're a complete group, and they stopped the run as well. And they showed up. They they answered the hype. You know, they answered the bell. They lived up to it. Yeah, for a team that you know defensively was right there, kind of with New England at least statistically. And I'd always liked their personnel better than New England. Um, you know, it was slipping. It was slipping across the board, but it was also because of the schedule. And it could also be attrition. But then you get forward back and you have this kind of performance and when you can make Minnesota one dimensional like this isn't a huge surprise and I just I love that San Francisco like you know Mostert has been terrific for him and then you know he got in obviously but then it was more Tevin Coleman yesterday they run it 40 plus times for the game there's just not a lot I don't I don't have like a lot out of this where anything surprised it was such a boring game Kansas City's like oh my god Baltimore, you're starting to go, okay, wait a minute. How am I going to feel about them next year? Is Tennessee real? You know, yeah. are the Packers real? And yeah. you know what? Is Seattle even that good to begin with? All of those things are like more questionable outcomes. Yeah. This one was not, at least for, I was not surprised by it. Um, I think San Francisco is going to the Super Bowl, and that's as much about them as it is the opponent. And I just think they can, you know, Garoppolo, you'd like more out of him, but this team has proven it doesn't really need him to be a stud, even though he's had moments where he's carried the team, but he's he's not the guy carrying him for 16 games and then a win of the playoffs. And that's despite, you know, there's two ways of looking at that. It's a negative that Garoppolo isn't better and the ceiling isn't higher, or it's a positive because it's like, hey, we didn't even need this guy to be a He can complete 11 passes and we can dominate a good Vikings team. Yeah, and we, we talked about this in the first podcast was... <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this in the first pod. That'll be for real hardcore people release yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, we talked about the fact that Shanahan does a great job of picking his spots to be dynamic and then picking his spots to just punch you in the mouth. And, you know, I think a lot of people famously got the 28 to 3 Super Bowl uh, misconception that he doesn't run the ball because he picked a bad time to abandon it. But all they do is their identity starts with that and that stretch where they were in 21 and they just said, we're going to line up and you can't stop us. That's a bad feeling when you literally cannot stop a group from running the ball down your throat. The scheme, I'm not a fan of being head up on those tight ends. Uh, I wish they would have made an adjustment. Griffin and Hunter are not run, run stopping guys. And guess who's a run blocking tight end? George Kittle, Kittle. Right. Uh, and whether, whether it was a cutoff backside and that backside C gap on a cutback got big, or on the edge and Staley, you know, will bump, you know, hip check the 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 edge guy, which is really hard. One of the hardest things to do for an end is to hold up head up on a tight end, get the bump from the tight end, still keep your hat inside, and then make the play when it bounces. It's impossible, and it you makes, just end up outside and too far away. You end up you right. you end up even knocked outside or washed and Passed, the edge. Right. I mean, so. Um, that was your biggest strength to me on defense for the Vikings is your edge guys. And they're negated through scheme and through matchups and through the context of the game, which is they never had a chance to impose their will. Before we get to our night, the rest of our night here on our podcast, I want to remind you that uh, ButcherBox gets it done every month. ButcherBox, because I was upset. I wasn't getting the best steak tips I had a place back home, and I said to ButcherBox, hey, what's your steak tip situation? They said, we've got it covered. Every month, ButcherBox ships a box with 9 to 11 pounds of high-quality meat right to my house. That's enough for 24 individual meals. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. It's packed fresh, shipped frozen, and vacuum-sealed with options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar-free, nitrate-free bacon available. For just $6 a meal, ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy 
healthy, humanely raised meat. They even have free shipping within the continental U.S. Right now, you can get two pounds of salmon absolutely free plus $20 off your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dual or use promo code D-U-A-L at checkout. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dual or use promo code dual at checkout. Uh, all right. National title game. We're about to get in it. What are your expectations? You've... Uh, you were here for what? Bama, LSU? Yeah, like eight, ten years ago. Ten years ago, I was. It was. A, it was. Yeah, uh, it was. No, it was like ten years ago. No, oh, I know it was. It was 2011 season. Okay, but, never mind. Right. Nine years ago. Uh, so I was here. It was Tebow mania. It was. Uh, you know, Tebow Steelers long touchdown. Demarius Thomas. That's right. Yeah. Woke up. I was down here with AJ Feely and my buddy uh, Tom Sandy, and uh, we were on Bourbon Street, just living it up and. You know, got my afternoon nap in. You know, when you wake up, it's dark in New Orleans from a nap. Yeah, you're Sometimes double checking stuff. It's right? what you have to do. I turn on TV and uh, Tebow throws that touchdown pass. Then we go to the game. Uh, LSU, it's it's a home game. And I know Dabo complains about everything, but he's got a point. I, You know, like I'd rather him just not complain. There's a lot of Clemson people here, though. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like they're playing some school from Alaska. Dude, it's. Hey, shout out to first responders out there. You hear that siren? Um, the single siren. Single. That's just move out of the way. That's just get yeah, out of the way. Yeah, yeah. That's not like a. That's not a. There's not an emergency. No, no. That's code. You're about for, to get arrested. That's code for. Can you put your pants back on? Yeah. Can you I stop shitting stuff. in the street? Yeah. You're not a horse. You're not a police horse. That's also frowned upon out here. Also, when you have shoes in New Orleans, you should probably throw them away when you leave. That or I don't understand the kid thing. Like if you're you get a kid in a stroller. Yeah, no, no kids here. No, like city of four hundred thousand. When you're walking around with, uh, you don't see a lot of kids here. Shouldn't like, be, shouldn't yeah. be a lot of kids. There here. should just be a thing where if you show up with a kid in the city limits, like the old westerns where you'd have to check your firearm. Mm -hmm. Check there your should kid. be there should be like some sort of daycare where it's just mm -hmm. it's a metairie. It's on the outskirts. <laughs> metairie. Yeah, you know that you know the lay of the land. Oh, well. Gretna is another area. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people like to bring up Gretna. What's wrong with Gretna? I don't know what's wrong with Gretna, but whenever I mention it, people are like, what? What do they say about Gretna? They say, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't spent enough time in Gretna, apparently, but um, I, I'd rather, you know, who's from Gretna? Alfred Who? Payton. Oh, really? Yeah. So how could it be? Fact. Yeah. Uh, you think we end up in Gretna tonight? Probably not. I'm going to guess <laughs> not. <laughs> I guess that we don't end up in Gretna. No. Um, West Bank? Golly, what happens in the, it, like, I just want to go out and see, like, the swamps, bro. Down here. I wanted to go down. I want to get like in a LaFouche fan boat and whatever. Like just, I've done the fan boat thing down here. What's it like? It's, it's just what you'd expect. And then we had a tour guide and he couldn't understand anything. He was a bit, a bit of an exaggerator, though. Like every time we did the crocodile one too, the croc and gator deal. Where There's crocs down here? Yeah. So you like roll. I think it's just gators. Is it just gators? That's fine. All right. Yeah, crocodiles so, are like, uh, you know, North Africa, other places, but not. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get their IT guys on this right now. I, I, there are no crocodiles in Louisiana. I think there's Central American crocodiles. I don't think there's crocodiles in the continental United States, but I could be wrong. Maybe zoos, you know. Well, if, if it's a zoo, then it doesn't count. Yeah, look this up. By the IT guys, it means we're in a hotel room Googling this shit. Yeah. Um, alligators, not crocodiles. There you go. Nice yeah, work. See, I, yep. know my, I know my, uh, my uh, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all gators down here, bro. All right. Alligators live in, um, you can distinguish alligator and crocodile paying attention to whether the animal sees you later or in a while. Ha. <laughs> 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 I didn't even mean to read that. You read the whole thing. Yeah, like it was yeah, a yeah, yeah. real scientific 
Tidbit. So anyway, we were down. We were down looking at gators, and and uh, the guy in the boat was like, he goes, uh, he goes, you see that gator right there? That's a that's a eight gator. And I was like, no, it's like two feet. Three feet right. So every time we pulled up to a gator, he wasn't just like off by a foot. He was just, oh, hey, hey, guy, get over here. See that gator? That that's a ten foot gator. Look at that. Look at the size. And we're like, are we? Is he drunker than we are? Like, what is he yeah. talking about? Like, is this is this what this tour is about? And he's just that good of a salesman that every time you saw anything in the water, you can't even see his full body in the tail in the back. <laughs> Look out! That's a big gator right there. And we're like, these are the smallest gators ever. Smallest gators. Yeah, small. We went on the small gator lie tour. Two stars. Yeah, two stars. We Yelp immediately. This guy's eyesight is terrible. Do you read Yelp before you go on a gator tour, or do you wing it? I, I, yeah, I, you got to wing is, that. Is yeah. Yelp even useful? I was pushing for it because this is a shout out to the, the youngins who listen to the pod. When you start doing these, you know, you'll do these trips if you have friends. If you don't have any friends, you probably won't if get invited. Take care of your chickens. Yeah, you take care of your chickens. Uh, you know, you do this trip where you get together, you know, 10 buddies, maybe 20 buddies. Um, maybe you have even more friends or maybe you don't, like I said, but you're going okay, to do these trips. friends. Yeah, but it'd be nice to have a couple, right? A couple to do some stuff with. But you always do this thing. Like we always had a few guys in our group that'd be like, hey, we got we got a 7 a.m. tea time. And we're like, you know what? Can you not do a 7 a.m. tea time? Can you stop planning? Right. Because that means we're, we have to be up at six I'm and here then there's not a shuttle. To plan. Yeah, I'm here not to get up hours after we went to bed i don't want to do that that's no. not that's not fun because then you're tired and then you got to do the midday thing and then some guys get after it too early and then you're ruining the whole night so i during that trip pushed for i go i think we should do a gator tour yeah we you, try something different it's perfect it's perfect yeah i'm sorry Ours, i'm sorry to hear that there was yeah. a lot of uh, exaggeration a lot of exaggeration yeah and so um that's just you know again that's just something that you need to be be on top of there who are you picking in the title game the over that's all you care about. Just give me give me points. The over seventy. Uh, what'd you get it at? I think it's at like I, I haven't gotten it yet. I was gonna I was gonna check it out before the game. I should probably stay away. Yesterday, I had the Hawks uh, and I bought half a point. Big Cat told me buying points is uh, for suckers. I was gonna buy two points, which would have made it Hawks plus six, and Big Cat cost me a sum of money. So today it would be better if I stayed away, but of course I won't. Yeah, you're um I think you're replacing the competition of every Sunday or every weekend that you've had since you were in junior high with uh with uh yeah, you gotta gamble. Aside. Yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah, just something to wet the beak. Right. Not too much. I think that's what you miss. Because when anybody asks me if you miss playing in the NFL, I say no, but I think you miss uh, yeah, I don't you, miss it. You miss some juice. You're addicted to the juice. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm an addict. I'm an you know, I gotta feel the uh the blood, sweat, and tears and you know, uh you know, Better. You didn't play any cards last night, though, huh? I don't. I, I'm not a casino guy. I'm not a game of chance guy. I don't play 21. I don't play. I know how to play war. They do that anywhere? They do it in some casinos. I don't know if they do it here or not. Who are the guys, who, who are the guys at a slot machine at a New Orleans Harris? Okay, so some people think slots are the best. I don't smoke cigarettes, so I don't think i'm a Isn't, good fit it's a prerequisite right oh yeah they actually come up to you and be like do you want to start smoking because here's some parliament lights and here's some quarters yeah here they are right um, like, wait a minute is that guy they're like hey can we get security over there he's not smoking dude a casino can be a very sad place it wasn't sad last night it was festive it was good to go it was actually packed with clemson people because packed there, with clemson they were people. out of towners but i i would imagine if it's not mardi gras or it's not national championship or a saints game 
a, a regular night at a non-Vegas casino, whether that's Atlantic City or anywhere, it can be a little depressing to me. Well, I think what happened, I, I just think it ruins the night. I think more often than not, because there's always a couple guys in the crew that are really, really into the card playing thing. It's actually not as social. Like you can get a table if you're all playing the same hands at a blackjack table. That's kind of what we had close to yeah. last night. But I, I feel like you should always find a, like if you still want to hang out with everybody, you, you shouldn't do the casino. No, nah, the casino thing can be weird, and then you're still Especially sort of Especially when I'm everybody. the only one standing there behind you guys, and you guys are playing cards, and if by chance they recognize me and not all the uh, media moguls, uh, right. they're going to be like, what the fuck is that guy doing standing there creepy by the table and yeah, not maybe playing? He maybe he didn't do that well. Maybe he didn't hit his incentives. Who? That's why he's afraid to even put some money down, because he didn't me? do Yeah. Yeah, probably. Maybe, maybe he's not it. doing so well. Yeah, maybe he should stop giving all you, his money away. Why would you not donate to the Harrah's in, in yeah. New Orleans? Why is he funding schools? And not Harrah's. Because <laughs> that's what would happen. I could lose money so fast at a, at a table. All right, so we are headed over into the beast. We will um, update this. I'm flying back to L.A. tomorrow, and uh, that'll do it for us here, recapping Second round of the playoffs in the NFL and a little preview here in New Orleans. For Chris Long, Ryan Rosillo, please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast as much as you possibly can. And we will be back next Monday. And I have a couple things planned, including the author of the Bruce Lee biography, Matthew Polly. That's an incredible interview. Um, not only talking Bruce Lee, but this dude, the author, just told his dad, like, hey, I'm going to go study with the Shaolin monks, Shaolin Temple. He just showed up with a bag. I was like, I'm in. Is that hard to break into? Apparently, no. You just need to have money. Like, like it's for, it's for run by the ticket or yak. No, no. Just you show up to the Shaolin deal yeah, you and they're a like yak to get up there. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like he thought it was really funny. And I don't want to give away too much of the interview, but he goes, you know, I showed up and I thought maybe they would test my metal and I'd have to like sleep outside for a month. I was like, nope. You they're have like, cash. Here's the Wi-Fi they're code. Like, yeah. They're like, you have American dollars. OK, this is just. <laughs> This is your coffee maker. <laughs> so you and you're pay, good to you go. pay for, for a Zen like experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a spa where you feel shitty about yourself because these guys are so awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So um if you were looking to get into that whole Shaolin thing, make sure you check out that interview and tell your friends. Okay. We'll talk to you uh Chris and I next week and then the rest of the schedule for two more podcasts here. Part of the Ringer Network. Mm -hmm.